Before I talk and no, say no, welcome no. to Dopey. Why not? Because Chris is so crazy. Chris is crazy. Chris, you're crazy. I'm not crazy. You need to say we're going to record six so we can do four. Yes. That's your logic. We yes. can't just say we'll do four. It's called overshooting. Just so you know. When Chris, Chris, well, that was your trade secret you didn't want them to reveal was that we record many in a row. They know. <laughs> they know everything. When, when, well, when, you, you haven't even introduced the show yet. Hello and welcome to Dopey, the recorded, retarded uh, podcast about recovery and dumb shit. Okay. I'm Dave. I'm Chris. Chris is a dick. What? You're fucked up. Why? Chris is hit. It was that episode of Girls, Hypoglycemic, ADD, no, I fucking just problem. But before you ate, you were just hungry. Dude, it was that episode of Girls. It took a lot out of me. That episode of Girls was the best episode of Girls in the history of Girls. Yeah, it was heavy, man. Heavy shit. It was so good. And, and just in case, you know, I don't care about spoiling Girls for any of you. I, I, I more care that it's going to be out there that we like Girls. Chris doesn't like girls. I I don't. I like it. I don't watch it. You watch it. I watch it. Not only do you watch it, he had it recorded on his TiVo, so that's how much he likes it. I watch it. But who the fuck uses TiVo? It's all available at the push of a button now. Why are you judging me for my DVR activities? We're switching it up right now because you constantly judge me and decide I'm not going to bust back. I'm going to shoot first. Okay, I'm going to say this. I don't like girls, but I watch it. Number one. Number two, this episode of Girls was amazing. Agreed. Agreed. We open up with Marnie and her new fucking fag husband sitting on the bed fighting. Marnie leaves. Why is he a fag? Fag is a a charged word. It's not a word befitting of you. You're right. I take it back. Yeah. Marnie and her very pussy-ish husband. Okay. Desi. Yeah. I love the name Marty for a girl. Say Marty or Marnie. I think it's Marnie. Either way, I like both. <laughs> you know what name I really like for a girl? And Marnie's anorexic. The actress who plays Marnie. She's lost too she's much. Lost she lot. used to look so good. It's crazy. So are you going to recount this episode or what are you going to do? What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah, but just give them the, the quick version, you know? You do it then. Ah, you're better at that stuff. Okay. Marnie leaves her husband to find her ex-boyfriend hanging out with a bunch of drug addicts. By chance, she bumps into him. I didn't even recognize him. Chris recognized him. Yeah. Chris, who doesn't watch stories, <laughs> knew exactly who it was. Um, so uh, it turns out Marty's ex is now a drug addict slash drug dealer. They go and try on some clothes, go to the Plaza Hotel where her ex-boyfriend is selling cocaine to some rich people. Marnie, or Marty, hustles... out of some rich guys saying she's a prostitute, makes out with the boyfriend in in a boat, fucking goes back to his really squalory Brooklyn apartment, like fucking crack den, and um, fucks him. Only to find out he's been shooting dope. No, he was diabetic. We know he was shooting dope. (laughs) He He says he was diabetic. Then Marty... Goes home and divorces her pussyish husband and then gets into bed with uh, Hannah and her boyfriend. It was heavy. You know my favorite part of the whole episode was when all this shit was happening and like she gets her stuff stolen. You didn't mention that. She gets her wedding ring stolen and they're all down and out. She just shrugs it off. She didn't even care. 
You know what bothered me about that? Because she had just stolen the seven. I know. I was like, I, I was pissed, but she didn't even care. Well, I she's a rich that. girl. She's like you. You is wouldn't she? care. Is you, she rich? Yes. Is she? I don't know. The, I don't know. Yeah. She seems rich though. I feel like she wouldn't be living in either one of. She lost too much weight. She used to be the most attractive member of the show, and now she's just so skinny. And I never thought I could think that a woman was too skinny. But I love an episode of a show like Girls that takes us to Dopeyland. Yeah. It was like a dopey episode of Girls. It was. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was good. I love when shows... Here, this is a good thing to talk about. I I mean, I am a drug addict in recovery. I love shows that show... Drugs, drug abuse. That accurately represented or just any drug use? Well, let's talk about it. Um, I've never seen a show. Have you ever seen a show that accurately represents it? The Wire. You watch The Wire? Yeah, of course I watch The Wire. Um, yeah, I mean, there was. Uh, some are better than others. I, would I can say. tell you some of my favorites if you want to tell me some let's of yours. Hear, yeah. Did my, we already do this? I think no, we did this. You did the dumbest question. Which was Th- favorite fictional drug addict? Fictional. Okay, we That's don't need what it to. Was. Okay. Chris recently learned the word shtick today. Shtick with an H. She, he, for hours, he was saying, "Dave, we'll just do some stick." <laughs> and, and for all of you non to roll that non Jewish non Jewish listeners, shtick is funny material, conversational funny material. Comedians have shtick. I have shtick. Even wasps like Chris. Who are Catholic have shtick. Now let's talk about. And this is a topic that I could talk about all day. Shtick? No. Well, shtick, yes. But I want to talk about drug drug stories on TV. Mm. What are I, I know some of my favorites. Can you think? I of mean, some my yours? favorite growing up, I watched Fear and Loathing. That's a movie. In Las Vegas, a billion times. Dude, we're not talking. No, not Las Vegas. I watched. Um, I'm getting leaving Las Vegas. And oh fear and loathing. God. Something happened to Chris. <laughs> you know, Jeremy, my friend Jeremy came over. We recorded a podcast. He was fine. We started recording the second one, and he started doing his weird nodding on the couch, uh, bowing his head, rubbing his face. When you say nodding, they're going to think like nodding. No, forget and- nodding. Rocking back and forth. <laughs> then, the, then he said he was hungry. Then we had the food, and now he's in weird twitchy scary place no i'm good to go let's let's do this so we're talking about tv shows oh tv shows okay so i don't i can't even think of any of them i guess breaking bad that wasn't an accurate representation why not i don't know i feel like well they didn't really get into too much on the, the nitty gritty drug use and then what about for with jesse, that for, for jesse though as a meth head he's way too productive do you know what i mean how so He's, like, still able to kind of, like, show up to life a little bit in it, you know? Like, meth tweakers, like, they fucking go, go, go. They steal your wallet and then help you look for it. And then they fall asleep for three days. And then they wake up and do the same thing. That's what a tweaker's life is. They don't make meth and have businesses and, you know what I mean? What about the part where he falls in love with the junkie and they relapse on heroin? Oh, yeah, she dies, right? Didn't she die? Walt decides not to save her. He's there while she fucking chokes oh, on her yeah. vomit. Well, that's when Walt was getting dark. But how is that for a portrayal? Yeah, it was cool. You know what my my two favorites? The, well, forget favorites. I can list these forever. Yeah, the first two that pop into my head. What? Christopher on The Sopranos as oh, a heroin yeah. addict. Christopher was good on The Sopranos. I love Sopranos. When dude. Christopher sits in the car with the dealer 
in the rain and Chris has been clean for a while and he he's paying the dealer uh, to, to, to hire assassins for him and the dealer's like, pay me half in dope. So Christopher pays him half in dope and the dealer's like, you don't mind if I use here, do you? And Christopher had been clean like six months yeah. or something. And Chris is like, nah, rock, not rock out with your cock out. Yeah. And the junkie fucking shoots dope and Chris is like, Oh, I still have a taste for that needle. He looks at him as he, and Chris is like, he starts salivating. He looks yeah. a little bit like you do right now. And his <laughs> name is Christopher, too. Ooh. And then he's like, you want some? And then Chris snorts some, and he's off to the races. I like it when he, like, punches his sponsor, the whole dynamic with his sponsor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the program of rigorous honesty, and he's finally like, you're in the mafia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is And good. then he kills him. Yeah, yeah, hi, drunk. He's drunk and he gets upset. No, well, he says a bunch of shit to him that he knows that he revealed intimate details. He wouldn't to have him. killed him if he wasn't drunk. He wouldn't have revealed those details if he wasn't drunk because he started saying, I could tell you stuff. Right, and he right. was saying all this shit, you know? That I remember when Tony snuffs him out and he knows that he was driving. You know, remember when he dies? You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. My, but Christopher is probably my favorite drug addicted character in television. But my second favorite, or maybe my real favorite, Dylan McKay, Beverly Hills 90210, when Dylan starts doing heroin. That's bad before my time. Oh, my sister watched it. Oh, my God. When I was in high school, I was like, I, I like turned my nose up at anyone who watched 90210. But by the time I had developed a copious heroin habit, FX was running four episodes a day. Yeah. Mind you, they would so play two in the are. morning. They would play two in the morning then they'd play the same two in the evening and I'd watch them both you twice. you catch the encore? I'd watch them at <laughs> high yeah. and I would be like, that's right, Dylan. Fuck them. Do the dope, man. Ooh, you know what another good addict thing on TV that I loved? Charlie Unlost. Remember? Charlie Unlost. And the heroin lands on the island and he finds and all the carrying, heroin. Yeah, he's carrying the, was it little Jesuses or yeah, Virgin Marys yeah. around. <laughs> Wasn't that great for a junkie to see? I, I like the irony of him carrying around like a religious symbol full of heroin. And it was like his higher power, you know what I mean? The dichotomy between it, like being the spiritual figure and what was inside it was drugs. Right. But how about just the, the feeling you get as an addict? To imagine yourself fucked. Oh, I know. On an island. And then you get, you know what? Ben, I would sick. be so upset. Be like, There's no syringe. Like, that would drive me nuts. But wouldn't there be a syringe in that fucking hatch? No. Remember, they had to use the, uh, maybe in the hatch. But remember, they were using the sea urchins as syringes. Because Jack says to the Asian lady, he's like, I need something that can pierce a noodle. And she, like, finds the sea urchin. Pierce a noodle. He's trying to explain the type of, he's, like, trying to use bamboo to, like, basically. Noodle? Get, like he's he's trying to explain to her. Do you the call type. veins noodles? No, he is explaining to her what he needs, and he's like, "I need something that can pierce a noodle." So Why does he say noodle? Because he's trying to, ex- to explain to her because she's Japanese. what she needs to look for. Or she's Korean. No, she's Korean. Yeah. Okay, so she gets the sea urchin. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you, I think Charlie was a pussy. He never shot dope. I think he always sniffed it. No, he always did. Yeah. So he didn't need a syringe. But didn't you feel good for him that he found all that time? I remember thinking – actually, it's funny you mention this. I remember thinking 
that sucks. There's no syringe. That was my reaction. <laughs> <when> I <watched laughs> it. Classic. Yeah. But well, because I used to get, I would like score coke or heroin, and I couldn't hold on. To, when I we used to get crack, like I would usually wait and break it down. But sometimes I'd be so impulsive, you know, especially before I started shooting up a lot. I would try to like make a pipe out of like the foil in a cigarette box, which is just like impossible. It's made and, like of paper. Yeah, and like burn. <laughs> well, you can do do the, the metallic side, and it like resists a little longer. But it's the paper, yeah. With like a spray on it. But anyways, my point is I couldn't wait, but I could score dope or coke and actually wait an hour or two until I got a syringe. I would just get it on the walk. Yeah, but I'm saying if I couldn't get one for some reason. Well, why and then there was the whole Calif- California deal. It wasn't as easy to get them when I was running around out there. It wasn't yeah. like you just go into a pharmacy. Did you, did you go to needle exchange? No. Never? No. Why not? I don't know. I don't think I had the... the uh, Ability to plan things out like that, but they gave you all that cool stuff. I know I've seen the kits. They give you tons of cool stuff, like vitamin C and all that shit. They They give you shit to break the crack. A nice tourniquet, blah blah blah, lemon juice, a pillow. They don't give you a pillow. A nice comfy blanket, a DVD of the best of nine hundred two and (laughs) zero. I loved that shit. Oh my god! Let me think. Can you think of any other TV shows with good? Drug TV addicts. shows, dude. TV shows. I don't know. I can't think of any TV shows that had. Huh? I can't think of any TV shows that had drug. We addicts. just said four. Yeah, but I'm saying other than those. Uh, the Wire. Who said that? Uh, Bubbles. Who is the guy? Bubbles. He was a very accurate uh, rep- representation of people running around. Probably the kid who dies was a better better representation. Oh, Is that his name? Yeah, the white kid. Yeah, it was yeah. so sad when he finally leaves. Because I love Bubbles. Because I always felt that was me. When I was in like my throes of my addiction, I still like wanted to be like friends with someone and have a connection with people. And you know what I mean. And like, and then when he finally leaves Bubbles and they stop their little metal hustle, I kind of felt bad. You know? Why did you feel bad? Because he was completely surrendering. Well, I remember Johnny got really cozy in um, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Yeah, he just was going ham in Amsterdam. I think they call it Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Did they? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, another good one. I can't think of any more. BMO? I was mugged in BMO. I told that story, yeah. I was not really in mugging. You were more beat down. <laughs> you were beat down in Baltimore. <laughs> Baltimore beat down. Anyway, this was this was good. TV drugs. You see how I, I got Chris out of his doldrums with sheer passion. You, you did. You pulled you me out of it. I have to pee. Oh my god, you're like a girl. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You, you sit down when you pee. I right? can make we, another. We I this. can make another fifteen minutes. Sometimes I do in the middle of the night. If I go to the bathroom, I'll sit down. You're breaking my friend Brad's cardinal rule and talking about the time. Another fifteen minutes. I can make another. Well, I gotta minutes. figure out mentally how I'm gonna make it. Well, why don't, why don't we just move on? on my bladder. Should Chris, I do a tanning story? Yeah, Chris is gonna tell the tanning story. All right, so this story, it isn't really about drugs and alcohol. It is about when I was in rehab. I actually promised depravity the last episode, but this is just like a. a it's not too long, but it's a decent, a decent little nugget. Um, more depravity will be forthcoming. So I was in uh, Southern California in rehab, um, this place called Oceans Recovery, which was in Newport Beach. And was it on the ocean? Yeah. Was it, it nice? It's on Balboa Island, you know? Did you see how much Jeremy hated it when I interrupted him? Yeah. He couldn't handle it. Yeah. He, would st- he shut me down. Yeah, he was good. He overrode you. 
I didn't like impressive. He talked fast. He puts you in your place. Anyway, continue. He was very animated. Okay, so I was in this uh, rehab in uh, Newport Beach, and it was a transitional care model, which means that, like, you go in these little – it's not full inpatient, but it's not sober living. It's in between where you go to groups during the day and you live in these little apartments and then they'll like bus you to meetings at night and you can take your little bicycle out in the afternoon and come back later. Nice. You know you know the deal, right? Yeah, I had the same thing. I love that. So they used to bus us – What a relaxing uh, time that is. <laughs> You're clean. You ride your little bike. It's you go so swimming. funny because the prospect of going to rehab, it just generates this huge thing in a lot of people, this aversion. Where they're like, I don't want to go to rehab. And it's like, what do you really do? You fucking sit in groups. You get – you do you yoga and, me, it's and like meditation. You and shit. <laughs> ride my little bike. When I was in Florida, I you would swim every day. You get like 20 bucks day. a day or something, you know. <laughs> you make it work. You go to the grocery. It's like a chance for an addict to be almost normal for a little while. You know what's so funny though also is in the addiction treatment field – is all these places tailor basically every little aspect of life into like a therapeutic activity. They're like, we're going to the grocery store to learn how to grocery shop. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Every little thing. When I was in rehab in Florida, there, there was this thing. Okay. First of all, I remember the first night I got to the rehab in Florida. Like I was done being sick. I'm interrupting your story, but we'll just Whatever, make it dude. flow. Um, I was done. I was done being sick, and uh, and I moved into this apartment with these two guys in the rehab, and they both went to bed, and I couldn't sleep. And I went into the freezer, and he had vanilla fudge royale. You know that vanilla with the fudge striped ice cream. Yeah, yeah. I made a huge sundae, filled it with chocolate, and I turned on the TV, and you know what was on TV? No, two and No. Star Wars. Oh, that's the best. The first one. And I sat <laughs> back hope. in this comfortable condo. The air When you say a first one, you mean a new home. Yeah, a new home. Okay. I sit back on the on, on this on this couch. I have that shitty blanket. Yeah. I, I wrap myself up in it. I, I put my feet I remember this so well. I put my feet on the table. I'm in this the nicest apartment I've been in in years. And I eat the ice cream sundae watching a new hope and I'm thinking, this is the fucking life. And it was rehab. Like, I've arrived. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Finally, some peace. And I don't know how people can think that's not good. Dude, they were uh, – you just reminded me, this rehab I was at, this place, Ocean's Recovery. So you live in these little apartments and there's like one apartment where the manager lives. And he's there and he's up all night, right? Well, we pooled our resources and decided to order two strippers, right? Is and that allowed? No. <laughs> So we order the two strippers. I'll never forget this. And they come in the front door. How do you find them? Uh, they were in the back of, it's like a, not LA Weekly, whatever is Orange County's version of that. Were they hot? The register. Not really. Um, one was cute. But anyway, so the strippers show up and they come in and they're talking really loud. And I'm, I'm like, I'm like, shh. And they just look at me weird, you know? They're like, what? I'm like, like this is a sober living. Like, And they were, you know what the funny thing is? What? I was, like, so nervous what their reaction was. They were instantly like, oh, okay. Like, we come to these all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they lived in them all the time, too. Yeah. Okay, so the tanning story. Should I continue with that? Please. Okay, so at this place, um, you know, you get a little bicycle and, and they have groups. And Do they give you a bike or you have to buy it? They give you one. They give you a beach cruiser. Um, and so I uh, – Is that in the brochure? You get your own beach cruiser? It probably was. Um, and so, yeah, in the brochure, I remember just like staring at it when I was in primary care and residential, you know, and like they're trying to say to go to aftercare and just looking at the pictures and I'm so excited. And then you show up and it's just nothing like the pictures. 
Why not? I don't know. It's just, just you know what I mean. The pictures are much nicer always. You look at the pictures for a Super 8 and they seem great. Continue. All right. So anyways, part of this – at this rehab, what they would do is they take you to the gym every day, right, or Monday through Friday. And you get in the little short bus and they drive you to 24-hour fitness and you work out. How long do you have to work out? They give you like a few hours. You're there for like a while. You know what I mean? What do you do when you're there? There's like a juice bar and weights and exercises and stuff like that. What would you do? Nothing. <laughs> I just fool around. I just sit at the juice bar and like smoke cigarettes in the parking lot. Um, so, anyways, there was a tanning salon next to the 24-hour fitness, and you got free seven tans um, at the tanning mean? salon. You got seven free tans if you were a member of 24-hour fitness. So and they don't know that you're in the sober living. No, and I was like, I'm this pasty ass white boy from Boston. I was like, I'm gonna go tanning, right? So I start going tanning, and there's this really hot chick behind the front desk. I get a little chummy with her, and like, uh, she was she's an NA, Narcotics Anonymous. So I really look forward going to see her. You know what I mean? And it's been like three or four days. We've been talking a lot, and um, the way the place was situated is kind of difficult to describe. Um, without using my hands, but the way the place was situated is there there was a front desk, then there was a long hallway of tanning beds, okay. rooms with tanning beds, uh-huh. and uh, she always put me in like number one, which was like, directly across from the front desk, so she could see me, right, uh-huh. like go into the tanning room, right. and it's because that was like the low voltage bed for pasty white boys, right. so I'd go in bed number one, I'd talk to her for a little bit, and then I'd go in the tanning room, tan for like 10 minutes, and then I'd come out, talk to her a little bit more, and leave. So this one day I go in there and I have to go to the bathroom and take a dump and I go into the bathroom in the back, right? And there's this weird seat. Have you ever seen those like um, handicap boosted seats where there's like the bowl and then there's a seat that's actually boosted where there's like some space, yeah. right? So I was using that and I was sitting, you know, taking a crap and I leaned back and I didn't realize when I did that, my urine started hitting the edge of the bowl and half of it was spraying on the back of my shorts and oh, half of it, no. and half of it was going in the bowl. So, and I just finished, right? And I just unloaded half my bladder on the back of my shorts. Did you notice? I noticed after I was done. Uh. So I'm like, shit. And there's like this big ring, and I was wearing like thick denim cargo shorts or some bullshit. And there's this big fucking like ring on the back of my pants. And I'm like, fuck. Like I have to go walk down the hallway, and this chick is gonna see me when I turn around to go walk into booth number one, right across from the front desk. This chick that I fucking really like. So at first I look in the mirror and I decide I'm just going to splash water on the front of my shorts, yeah. kind of like I'm wet everywhere, yeah. which is just not working at all, right? So I decide what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk down the hallway and I'm going to talk to her and be engrossed in the conversation as I reverse into booth number one. You put a lot of thought yeah. into this. No, wait. This gets worse, all right? So I go down. I talk to her. I do that. I reverse into booth number one. She has no clue. She doesn't question anything. She doesn't think it's weird. I'm backing up to go into the room. I close the door. It's this little tiny room with this, the bed in there. And I have this eureka moment where I'm like, I'm going to put my shorts, shorts on the, the tanning bed. So what's going to happen is it's going to dry it out. So I put them on there and it worked. But at about the same time I noticed it worked, I realized it smelled really, really bad. Like it like dried the urine out and burned it or something where it literally created this very foul stench. And this is like a little tiny enclosed room. So what would you do? So I finished, right? I opened the door. Did you to, masturbate too? I didn't masturbate. I opened the so door. I masturbate. <laughs> I finished. <laughs> 
I finished, I finished drying my, my shorts out on the tanning bed and I'm leaving the tanning room and I'm talking to the girl and she's like, how was it? Blah, blah, blah. And I literally see the stench register on her face. Like we're talking and all of a sudden she gets a whiff of this burnt urine smell after like maybe 15 seconds after I've left the room and her whole face just twists up in a snarl like, like what is that? And then I got out of there and never went back again. You didn't say, oh, I pissed my shorts and trying to dry it. And it created this toxic smell of, uh, what would it say? That, so, dude, so you never saw her again? I never went back. Dude. I imagined her, too. My she was cute. One of those N.A. chicks. You know, got a little edge to her. Yeah. Did she have one of those chains that go from her front pocket to her back pocket? She didn't have one of those. Is that past your time? No, that was around for a bit. You know, can I tell you, uh, not a story, but just a, a thought for how retarded I am. Okay. By the way, I like that story. It's a good story. Nothing uh, to do with drugs. At least I was in rehab, though. It's fine. Uh, when I got hooked on heroin, I, um, it was the time in the world where, like, it was just a dark time. Like, Marilyn Manson and, like... Grunge? Tool... Post grunge, and uh, there were movies like about the end of the world. It was the year two thousand, and it just really seemed to me nine eleven. It just seemed to me like the world was ending, and this is what I had to do. Like I just saw, like I like bought. Do you think it was really bad, or that's just like one of those like social excuses we use? Like I'm drinking because Trump might get elected. You know what I mean? There's always like something that some tragic alcoholics, if they can't pick something from their personal past, they'll drink for some, you know, silly social No, it's just what I mean is, like, obviously I used because I was a nutcase and I was scared all the time and I was uncomfortable in my skin and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But I did use it as an excuse, like yeah. sign of the times. Like, I better use now because the ship is going down. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, and it's just something that, you know, I remember I would, like, all those, like, it's funny because like those like kind of like squatters, you know, like with their dogs and the village, you know what I'm talking about? Those anarchists. No. You don't know about these anarchists in the East Village? It was like their time. But, yeah. they, but it's been their time for 30 years. I was just noticing them. I was like, shit, the ship's going down. I better get fucking high. Yeah. You know, that was just my thought. I don't know. Um, what does that have to do with anything? Uh, nothing. Uh, I was driving last night. Uh, I had to drive to the Bronx to pick up a mess of cookies and I was driving home and like there was a detour. Should I tell them what they are? No. Or are you worried that somebody might reproduce it and beat yeah. you to the market? No. Well, that'll come up another time. There's a cookie story soon to come. Yeah. But not today. But so... Uh, it is the most unique cookie idea you will ever hear. You like it? Yeah. You want to hear something fucked up? What? I had one and I gave it to Jeremy. You gave it to Jeremy? Jeremy. Okay, but anyways, continue. You know why? Why? Because you were late. Um, so uh, I, I, I wish I'm, I could burp right And now. I'm driving uh, back from the cookie pickup in the middle of the fucking bad Bronx, you know, yep. 181st Street, bad. Yep. And I was so scared because I, I didn't know where I was going. And, I, and, I, and it just occurred to me, like, this is why I use drugs in the first place because I'm just naturally panicked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just 
I don't know. I don't know what the use of even saying that is, but the terror that I can get to is real. Yeah. And I and I that's why I used. And like the idea behind sobriety is uh to try to have a, a spiritual solution to this terror. And uh and last night I didn't have one. I just bugged out. Hmm. Sad. It's all right. Is it? Yeah. You ever get scared, Chris? Never. You should be. You never get scared? No. You ever notice that actually, um, you ever knew about the cookies, crack cookies? That's like a, like, southern Florida thing. No. If you buy a lot of crack, it's a cookie. Because it's like, fills the bottom of, I guess, like a beaker or something like that. But I just thought it was interesting that you were driving through South Bronx with actual cookies. Well, you know, I was looking at Facebook the other day and a friend of mine had an article up that said that nobody, that for some reason people are more compassionate about opiate addicts now than they were about crack addicts in the 80s. Comment? There's probably some socioeconomic reasons for that because the opiate crisis has hit middle class white America. Whereas um, the crack economic. No, I didn't like crack. I, really I would didn't. I would break it down. I just always shot it. I remember I went. I was buying. Oh, I can't tell the story. Another time. Another time. Anyway. Unless you want this to be a lost tape. Let's go for four uh, for four tonight. No takedowns. All right. Well, Dopey Nation, write us a, an email at, at dopeypodcast at gmail dot com. Stay strong. Send suggestions. Send stories. Offer yourself to be a guest. Offer some Twitter ideas to make our show bigger. I, I wonder if our, maybe our show isn't worth being any bigger than it is. Maybe we plateaued. We pla- When? I don't know. Now. This is the plateau? Perhaps. Goodbye. Later. <laughs>